for Asian Racing Report podcast. I'm Andrew Lejeune. The Hong Kong racing season gets underway this weekend and part two of our Hong Kong preview after discussing the trainers' ranks last time is the jockeys. My colleague Michael Cox joins me to once more discuss the main players and the fundamental aspects central to assessing this year's riding ranks. We'll be looking at Zach Pert and his record-breaking year last year, 179 winners. Can he do it again? Is there a genuine challenger to his Hong Kong crown or who finishes runner-up? And outside of last year's leading riders, who can, if anyone, step out of the shadows and take that next step? That's today on the Asian Racing Report podcast. Michael, let's jump straight into it then. Uh, incredible year for Zach Burton last season. Over the 88 meetings, he rode 179 winners. Of course, that is a record in its own right. How does he back it up this year, though? Over or under 179 for you? Uh, great to be here, Andrew. And I'm going to go under 179 just by motivation, I think, is the main cause for that. And I think Zach really pushed it to the limit last season in terms of uh, getting to Joe Marrera's previous record of 170, he smashed right through that and came out the other side. I think having seen uh, how hard it was, having experienced how hard it was to break that record, I don't know if Zach has the motivation to get past it. A lot of things went right for him. He he rode with some bumps and bruises, but he had a pretty good run as far as suspension and injury is concerned. But the other factor that I would bring into it in terms of how many winners Zach can ride, or two factors, I would say that there's a lot more freedom now for jockeys to be able to take breaks, go to Australia and ride. Uh, rules that regarding having to ride every week have been relaxed. Does Zach take a break? He's alluded to that in the past. The, the pressure isn't as on to ride week in, week out. He doesn't have anyone near him in the standings pushing him. But the other sort of factor from behind is that Zach rides a lot for John Size now. He's one of his primary supporters. That comes with it a responsibility. So when you ride for John Sires as a stable jockey, as previous champions like Douglas White and Joe Marrera have experienced, and Zach hasn't really experienced it yet, there's an expectation from Sires that you take the rides that are given to you and that you help Sires win the title, which Zach did last season. That comes at a cost. You can't ride for everybody in Hong Kong. And um, I guess Zach turned it into a a real strength of his that he didn't ride for John Size when his main rival Joe Marrera did. And that meant he had strong relationships with a lot of other trainers, including the Chinese trainers in Hong Kong, which a lot of expat jockeys don't get to that stage. They don't reach that 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 point that Zach's got where he's his main strength was riding for for local trainers. So I think Size obviously is going to provide him with a bulk amount of wins and a bedrock for what should be another championship, but I think it's going to cost him some wins as well. Mm. We can talk about who the, the main beneficiaries might be of that as well in terms of picking up uh, rides for trainers who he might have ridden for um, in the past. But, I mean, we just cast our mind back, well, not even six months, and there was even talk of retirement for Zach as well. So um, you talk about motivation. It, the motivation now might be quality over Quantity. Absolutely. I, I think in saying that, riding for size does simplify things uh, a bit for for Zach when it comes to entry time and who he's going to ride. Uh, but there's that 
record of Douglas White's, the all-time wins record that's just on the horizon, probably needs to ride through another season and a half at least to get there. But you can be sure that uh, Zach Purton has done the sums and has figured out how long he does need to ride to get there. All right, there you go. That's Zach Purton on the season ahead. Up next, though, we'll be discussing who, if anyone, is a genuine challenger to his title. Last season then in Hong Kong, there were four other jockeys that rode 50 winners or more for the campaign. Lyle Hewitson rode exactly 50. Karis Teton, Hugh Bowman and Vincent Ho fell four agonisingly short of his uh, maiden century. Um, is there a genuine challenger out of those four that can topple Zach Purton? And uh, if not, the follow-up question is, who finishes second? Short answer, I think, is no. But I think who finishes second is Hugh Bowman. If we have a look at Hugh's record for last year, he rode 62 winners, but it was at an incredibly high strike rate. And he and didn't start until... That's right. He, he, he rode it... Later a, on, end of November. An abbreviated campaign that yielded 62 winners. Uh, he had the exact same strike rate as the runner-up, Vincent Ho. Uh, Vincent, waylaid by injury early in the season. We'll get to that in a moment and an update on him we had on Asian Racing Report in the past few days about his situation. But I think Hugh comes into it with a lot of momentum. Now, it was an interesting moment at the uh, Champions Awards late in the season or just after the season, which you were the host I of. I was there, yes. Yeah. Your co-host asked Hugh Bowman. Sarah Song. Sarah, the lovely Sarah, asked Hugh Bowman uh, in front of the audience, do you think you can challenge Zach? And everyone laughed uh, like it was a joke. Now, I don't know if that put a bit of a fire in the belly of Hugh, but certainly not something... Knowing how competitive Hugh Bowman is, like I, I don't know what people make of Hugh because his nature is he's from Dunedoo, he's a pretty laid back country guy, unflappable, you know, and that's probably his defining characteristic as a jockey mm. that he doesn't panic, very cool, calm and collected in a race, allows horses to to come with a run. He doesn't let external stuff bother him. He has an incredible focus about him, but. People shouldn't misunderstand that as like a lack of competitiveness or yeah. fire. This guy wants it. Go and ask his rivals about how competitive he is. Go and look at him in a close finish on a horse and the way horses respond to him. I don't think that question would have fired him up. But I thought the response to it, not disrespectful, but I thought it was like, whoa, I wouldn't be laughing at the idea that Hugh Bowman isn't looking at Zach and thinking, I want those rides. I want those wins because that's how he thinks. That's how he. That's why he's there. Now, can Hugh challenge Zach for the title? I think he's going to make it really interesting. I think he'll ride 100 winners. I think he'll have a great season, and I think he'll scoop on a lot of those opportunities that Zach isn't able to take because he's committed to the size stable. So Zach's commitment to John Size means that there's opportunities with Frankie Law, John Size's main rival. And I think we'll see Hugh Bowman riding more for Frankie, more for Danny Shum, who's got a young stable and a lot of opportunities there. I think we'll see Hugh Bowman ride triple figures this season. Weight is the concern with Hugh. I think he has made a decision, it seems, to ride heavier for the sake of health, perhaps, or just good mindset. But when you actually look at his riding weights from last season, never rides less than 124 pounds, which is around 56 and a half kilograms. He's getting around at a, a much higher weight than he would in Australia. 
that makes his record last season all the more remarkable. Uh, if he gets that weight down, and that's going to be a matter of like, like we talked about Purton, does he want to ride 179 winners? Well, does does Hugh Bowman want him to put himself through the rigors of trying to challenge that? Maybe not, because he's he's obviously he's riding a lot of winners as it is. Last year's runner-up, it's interesting, the update we've got there as well. The other thing putting in the favour of Hugh is that Vincent Ho had a terrible fall at Nagata in the off-season in Japan. He broke a vertebrae. He's done a great job to rehabilitate and get back in time to ride, hopefully, it would seem, on September 17th. He really wants to be back for that meeting to ride a really promising young horse named Dream Winner for Frankie Law. Remarkable turnaround for him to be back in time. Jockeys seem to have this incredible um, healing rate or this motivation. We talked about that before to to get back. They just don't want to miss out or lose particular horses, particular rides. Will their way to broken bones healing. And uh, so Vincent's back, but as we saw in our report on Asian Racing Report in the last few days, probably not going to be riding at full intensity. I mean, when he rides a horse, he'll be riding at full intensity, but maybe not taking as many rides, maybe watching his weight a little bit. Obviously, he wants to be at full health. He's going to be trying to cherry-pick his rides and just making sure he stays on these quality horses and maintain the relationships. And horses like Dream Winner, you know, he doesn't want anyone else anywhere near this horse. He sees it as a Group 1 sprinter. So I think Vincent this year going for quality over quantity, that opens the door for a clear runner-up. And I think the obvious choice is Hugh Bowman. Just on the one of the other questions when Sarah was talking to Hugh at the, the Champions Awards, saying about what does he love about Hong Kong, and the lifestyle was one of the things um, that Hugh mentioned with his, his wife and young family, which is obviously a draw card for a lot of people to Hong Kong. And there are monetary benefits as well, but it's not like he wasn't struggling. He wasn't struggling here in Australia, so it's still been a sacrifice to go there. It's, you can't go there half-hearted. He's, he's all in making the, making the change, so he, he's not just going there to make up the numbers. So naturally, he wants to ride the big winners the, in the big races, and ultimately following on from that is to be to be champion as well. So I think he'll be all out. Okay, let's wait and see. It'll be interesting to, to chat to him in the preseason. I'll be over in Hong Kong in the, the coming weeks, and we'll be having a look at what weight rides Hugh is taking, because if he starts taking the below 123, 122 is the key number. 122 pounds means that you can claim two over on a horse that's allocated 120 pounds. I don't want to get too in the weeds here with the details, but if if you told me before last season that someone can ride more than 100 winners and never ride 122 pounds, I would say that is impossible, but it shows just how good Hugh Bowman is at riding in Hong Kong. He rides Happy Valley as well as nearly anyone, um, and he rides with his own style too. He does it his own way. So Hugh Bowman, an absolute marvel. If he wants to challenge, let's see. See if the motivation's there. All right, we will indeed. Okay, there's Zach Purton then and Hugh Bowman, your top two in next year's uh, jockeys uh, riding ranks. Final part for us uh, today is to look at the other riders and who's ready to make the next step. Final part then for our Jockeys uh, Preview podcast, the new Hong Kong racing season coming up. Michael, who is ready to take the next step, do you think, for the next campaign? There's a bunch of jockeys there that I'm looking at that have established themselves in the middle order of of the championship. And they've probably been given a little bit more time to to settle in than in 
maybe in decades past or years past. And the name I'm going to pick out is a guy who finished in the top five. It's Lyle Hewitson. He's 25. He rode 50 winners last season. Um, just ahead of a few others that I'll get to, some honourable mentions. But Lyle Hewitson, I think, just goes about his business in the right way in Hong Kong. He rides light, which is important if you want to ride a bulk amount of winners. Uh, he can get down to 117 regularly, as a lot of his rivals can't. Um, I think that jockeys like Lyle, Luke Ferraris, Harry Bentley, uh, jockeys that were there through the that period of um, COVID lockdowns have probably had a bit of a head start. The, the, the jockey roster became a little bit stagnant. There weren't new jockeys coming in regularly. I think now we see new jockeys coming in. It's really hard to get traction. We saw Brenton Abdullah come in late last season, rode three winners from more than 100 rides. Mm. The pressure's going to be on him early this season. But that for a jockey of his standing to get that sort of support, um, to not get the chances, it speaks to the fact that guys like Bentley, Alexi Bedell, Rode 35 winners last season. Luke Ferraris um, finished the season really strongly. Great record at Happy Valley. I think that it's, it's, it's right through, people talk about this jockey roster not being as strong, but right through there's a, there's a certain amount of depth there where it's going to be hard to break in. People talked before about Zach and Joe being that dominant duo of breaking in. But now I think there's a really rusted on top 10 through top, you know, dozen jockeys that are hard to break. Yeah, I think Alexi's been, he's firmly established now. Of course, he won last year's derby there. He's, he's Wellington's regular rider as well. But he's had a, uh, a terrible time with injuries um, of late. And and Lyle as well, going back to him, I mean, it speaks wonders of his, his constitution, his determination as well, because he had a torrid time when he first came to Hong Kong. It took him a long time to ride his first win and had spent some time away, went and rode in Japan as well. Um, and has come back, and still, as you say, very young, um, to rack up 50 winners last season um, is a good number in anyone's book. If he can build on that, um, then it might be in the next few years that he's, he is actually genuinely challenging for a championship himself. Yeah, and there's being light makes a big difference yeah. in Hong Kong, especially when you look at the, the top two riders now, Hugh Bowman and, and Zach Purton, and also referring back to Vincent Ho, who's made himself part of that big three, if you like, uh, that maybe he'll be a little bit less aggressive in chasing rides, or he's indicated as much during the first part of the season. So, look, I think there's an opportunity there for for Lyle Hewitton, but I also expect uh, Luke Ferraris and Harry Bentley to make a, a leap this season. I think Vincent Ho, Matthew Chadwick and Derek Long are firmly established as the three leading local riders um, at the moment. The new faces, you mentioned Brenton Abdul, of course, he was there at the back end of last season, but we've got Andrea Atsini and uh, Keegan DeMello, who will be um, heading to Hong Kong for the uh, the new season as well. Keegan DeMello comes off a championship season, fresh there in form. He's 30 years of age. He rides light. I, I have to say that being 30 and having you know, being around the block a few times at home and being established, I do like a jockey like that coming in more than a 21-year-old, 22-year-old. We just talked about a couple of them there. Lyle Hewitson, first time he came around, didn't work out. It's taken a while for Luke Ferraris to really build, and I think there's more upside there. 
The big thing there is that in Hong Kong, jockeys have to represent themselves. There's no agents. They get the help of uh, a sort of a interim agent when they first arrive, a jockey club appointed person that can help introduce them and help manage their rides. But it isn't an agent in the same sense that you would have in most Western jurisdictions, which is like aggressively chasing rides for you. So they have to represent themselves and it can take a, a lot of getting used to the knockbacks, um, dealing with people who speak English as their second language, different culturally. It can be a really isolating experience, especially when the numbers aren't there, when the results aren't coming. I think a more mature rider like DeMello has more chance than the than the 21-year-old up-and-comer. I think that's where the licensing committee has maybe faltered a little bit. It's a bit of a um, lambs to the slaughter situation sometimes when you see jockeys come in without that much experience but with a, you know, out of an apprenticeship or just, you know, stars in their eyes, they look like a potential champion but it hasn't really worked out for that many jockeys of that age. Um, I'd seen he's been to Hong Kong before. I think he's interesting coming back as well. And I suppose with, with Keegan as well, the other thing is that South Africa has been a very rich hunting ground in the past for jockeys, you know, um, you know, Lyle and uh, Luke that are riding there at the moment. Of course, Douglas White, you go back through the years, there's been many jockeys that have come short or long term, have been very successful. And I think that the hunger is, is genuinely there. So it'll be interesting to see if Keegan he just gets that fast start what he needs. Well, at Zenny, when he was there last time, probably didn't have it. He was on a good wicket back in in Europe, yeah. had the retainers, had the support, and you start knocking around uh, 50 to 1, 100 to 1 mm. chances at Happy Valley, watching Purton and pick off, you know, you run home for a nice fourth. You think, oh, I'm on this chance. This will win next start. Where's this going to go out next time? And then have a look at the uh, entries and realise that Zach Purton swooped on it and he'll be riding it next start, not you. It can be really disheartening for people that are accustomed to winning. That Adzeni has even, Adrea Adzeni has even made the decision to come back indicates that there must be some hunger there. He knows what's up there, you know, and I remember speaking to him when he left the first time. He did not seem like someone who wanted to be back. It wasn't a good experience. He, he's, it was poor. And he experienced every, it's nothing against him. Nice guy, capable rider ridden in big races, but, like, man, it can humble the best of jockeys and they can leave there with a really bad taste in their mouth about the experience and about the lack of support, the lack of loyalty. We heard um, Umberto Rispoli mm. give a real good serve to Hong Kong racing culture when he left and went to America. It's not for everybody and uh, very few people leave there feeling good about it. And when they do leave, they're feeling good about it and think, oh, I'll just come back another time. The second time can be worse. I remember Richard Furry, the South African jockey, had a great first season, uh, 40-something winners, and had an offer to go back to South Africa to be a retained rider and said, oh, well, I've established myself here. I've got my footing. I'll, I'll come back one day. This is always here for me one day. And then he was replaced by a jockey named Karis Teton, who grabbed it with two hands and hasn't left for 10 years. Richard came back maybe three years later. There was another guy called Joe Marrera there who was riding 150 winners per season. He'd lost his seat on the bus. Yeah, it's, it's a ruthless place, but the fact that Atzani's come back, I'm really 
you know, I think it indicates that there's there's something there, like a bit of a mindset that something to prove. All right, we'll, we'll see. Umberto got knocked up the other day, actually, didn't he? Speedy recovery to Umberto. He's actually we fell off a horse as well. Yeah. What are you... <laughs> Yes, he, thank you. He, he, um, no, he did. And talking about, we mentioned before about jockeys that... But he's flying inc- on the West Coast generally. He is. He's running really well at Santa Anita. He did have a fall, a um, bit of a bounced around, but, you know, a bit of whiplash, uh, some time off, but nothing broken, just a, a few general sprains. But talk about incredible recuperative powers. I've never seen anyone like it. He broke his collarbone clean in two and Berto Rispoli is back in a month in Hong Kong. He's just got that positive mindset and uh, best wishes to him, Umberto. Mm. Uh, great personality and, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see him back in Hong Kong one day. Well, you never know. Um, just very quickly wrapping up then, the overall look of the riding ranks for this season? I'd say better. Like in terms of, you know, they were stagnant through that period through COVID and understandably like, who would want to have gone there during that period of really difficult, strict lockdowns? Well, Bentley Ju- did the three weeks. He did the three weeks quarantine. And, you and know, I think, and, and I think, and I well, think, actually. And I think a few jockeys have been rewarded for the decisions they've made. Like, let's look at Luke Curry, who wrote 11 winners last season. I don't think he gets licensed again in previous years, but I think he deserves to be licensed again and given a chance because. He made the sacrifice to come when no one else, when other jockeys, not no one else, but other jockeys didn't want to. He rode through a very tough period. So let's give him another chance. I think it's deserved, but I think it's also allowed jockeys like Bentley, Harry Bentley, like Luke Ferraris to just establish themselves in a way that um, maybe they wouldn't have otherwise. And they know the lay of the land. They're feeling positive. And I think they understand what it is that they need to do to get to that next level. There's a lot of motivation there in that middle part of the ranks. Derek Long as well is one to watch. He's watched, you know, a, a rival and contemporary of his, Vincent Ho, take that next step. He wants more of more of that. He wants the same. So a lot of motivation down in the lower ranks. All right. That'll do us uh, for this time. Keep following us, of course, on all the socials and like and subscribe as well. That was part two of our Hong Kong racing preview. Next time we see you, we'll be talking about the Equine Stars of Hong Kong.